news to us live on Adobe Radio. Um, hey, how's everybody doing? Chris is joining us this week. Hey, Chris. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Uh, yeah, doing okay, I guess. Uh, of course, Katie and Jason are here. Hey. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Jason. What? Be more excited. Oh, hello. Yeah, hello. There he is. Um, why are you so down there, Jason? You I'm not up, down. You spoke up from a nap. I understand. I did wake up from a nap. That's what my sources are telling me. Your source was me. <laughs> I'm a whistleblower. <laughs> oh man! Oh, uh, well, we're gonna I blame, uh, yes. I blame, I blame Katie though because I said I'm only going down for half an hour. I'm not the babysitter. Have you guys so been taking more naps the older you get? Because I certainly have been. Fuck no. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've had the last three days off, and I've been sleeping for 12 hours each day, and I can't wake up before that. Oh, good man. There you go. That's, that's what happens. I don't know what's going on. It's too much. It's too, <laughs> too much, but I can't help it. Don't complain about like too I much. Try, I wake up at, after 10 hours. I'm like, that's enough. That's plenty. And three hours later, I'm asleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> you old man. Yeah. Uh, so much to get to. We're going to talk to Ava yeah. uh, Putzava, who's running for Congress in Arizona. And then also lawmakers are going on vacation while COVID-19 unemployment benefits are set to expire. And then DJT and COVID. What is this DJT thing with COVID? Bullshit. Okay, bullshit. Here we go. It's news to us. With Eddie and Jason. And Katie. <laughs> and Chris Hi. Katie has been uh, co-hosting every single week Chris she's uh, been killing it yeah you slacker where you been he's been taking uh, naps he's been sleeping been around. <laughs> he's been sleeping for 12 hours a day <laughs> yeah. Chris he needs a sleepy time <laughs> None of your business, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, you know, since we don't have a lot of time and we have to get to a guest, let's just uh, get right into it here with the dirty deets and uh, what's happening with the the COVID, COVID COVID-19 and the messaging coming out of the White House right now. The Dirty Deets. An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. What is it? What's happening here? DJT over the weekend said that uh, 99% of uh, coronavirus cases were uh, completely harmless, uh, quote, totally harmless. He also tweeted today that China viruses are down 39% while the greatest testing program uh, continues yeah. to lead. I think you have, to, you have to stop there. Like he just said that 99% are to- totally harmless. Are you saying that that's a lie before we continue on? Yes. Uh, oh, I'm okay. not saying it, but experts are saying it's a lie. It is a lie. Well, compared to him, you yeah. are an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I think our eight-year-old's <laughs> I think your dog is a, more of an expert. So 99% are not totally harmless. We, we actually don't know. This is such a new oh. virus. We don't uh, know. It's attacking. Even if you're asymptomatic, it's still damaging uh, your lungs, and you can have, you know, 
unknown side effects down, uh, you know, through the course of your life. We have no idea. You've got. I read an article the other day where they did autopsies of people who had died, and they had found damage in people's in in pretty much every organ of the body, in, including their brain. The dog did not like what you said. Yeah, I mean, like it's I don't either. Strokes, it's causing seizures. It's, I mean, th- it's not something to screw around with. Like it's no, we don't know bodily harm to everything. Yeah, I mean, this is so much unknown. You're right, and we don't know about the long term effects, like you guys are saying, and it's scary. I, I don't want this. I'm, I'm no. trying to be as careful as possible right here uh, with everything. Yeah, this is crazy down. that. You know, you bring that up, you know, trying to be as careful as possible. But, you know, they, they keep pushing, you know, the, the message from the White House and uh, DJT is, you know, reopen, go back to your lives, like everything's fine, blah, blah, blah. And like, we're doing it, like states are reopening. And now you have hot spots in Texas and Florida, California, Arizona, where they did reopen and now they're they're having you know their hospitals are beginning to be overran icu beds in florida uh full and uh many hospitals in arizona houston florida california and that's the scary thing like people are like oh who cares if icu beds are being over uh taken by covid19 patients but what happens when you're in a motorcycle accident or if you're walking down the street and you get blindsided by a, a bus you're gonna have, right. you're gonna need an ICU bed, and there's not gonna be any for you. This is, well, and then if you get one, not only are you hurt, you go in and you contract COVID. Yeah, a little COVID on top of that uh, that that long recovery that you're gonna get after getting hit by this imaginary bus that I made up. Yeah, and, you know, I was like, driving the bus, uh, Mrs. Frizzle. <laughs> that bitch. You know what else is crazy, uh, and I. Uh, not to get off topic, but like Major League Baseball and the NBA, the NHL are all uh, planning to restart. That uh, MLB is starting later this month, where they're going to be traveling to different cities. And I think that's so stupid. They just had a ton of players test positive. Yeah, they are. They are moving forward. So like we're gonna have like a we're, caravan. We're this is- the, the country when we have nearly three million cases. I what was it, Florida? Uh, Doubled the cases in a matter of a week or two versus three months prior. But yeah. I'll tell you this. I'd rather have a caravan of immigrants than I would a caravan of infected MLB players. Right. Riding around the country. Is that a meme? Well, it and, should be. And Make now they're starting mean. to say that they don't know that herd immunity is like a thing. So they don't even know for a fact that if you catch this, that you won't catch it again. That it like that actually the antibodies will keep you from being sick again. Exactly. Well, what else is coming out? What else is new out of the White House? They're also saying um, uh, that the virus is with us. There's nothing we can do, so we just all need to live with it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I've done that for four years with Donald Trump, and I'm I'm done with it, okay? Stop telling me to live with things I don't want to live with. Yeah, pay your hospital bills with no job. But don't they, they, they say live with it? But they're not, you know, telling you to wear a mask when you're in public. Which just live is the with number it. One thing that we can do. Don't you feel like we're all just being sacrificial lambs for the elite in this country? Like they don't yeah. care. Yeah. Absolutely. How are you feeling about all this, Chris? 
Are you okay? I mean, yeah, it's it's scary. It's I, I it's exactly what I thought was going to happen when we started reopening because we never really we flattened the curve, so to speak, but we never really got it to bend down. So all we did was plateau and we started opening up everywhere and cases started to go back up. And all the data that we're looking at, because it takes uh, like seven to 10 days or whatever it is for uh, COVID to a person to become symptomatic, all the data that we have is always at least a week old. So everything we're looking at is a reflection of what the reality was last week. Everything that's coming down the pike, you know, like what the reality is today is already, you know, worse than, than the data would suggest. So it's a very dangerous, uh, precipice and, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. What is that? You bring up a good point too, that we just plateaued. We didn't flatten it. If you look at other countries around the world where they were successful in flattening the curve to where, you know, the number of new cases per day, like Florida's tripling the number of new cases that the EU is seeing is that a lot of these countries adopted uh, a payment to their residents, their citizens, you know, multiple thousands of dollars per month. For them just to stay home. $2,000 a month. And that's a great, home. great segue into our next segment, which is the uh, extra $600 that Americans have been receiving in unemployment benefits ends at the end of the month. And uh, what is being done about it? Dirty Deeds continue. The Dirty Deeds. An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. Great time to take a recess, Congress, because on the 31st, that is when the extra $600 a week of unemployment that Americans have been receiving through the CARES Act expires. And uh, failure to act before the end of the month will strip more than 20 million, twenty million Americans of nearly $842 billion to spend. It's a lot of money that's not going to go into the economy. That's yeah. scary. Yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, spending in May was up. And a lot of it was attributed to the stimulus checks and this uh, extra uh, unemployment benefit. So if nothing's I mean, done about this, this is just the lucky people too that got to get unemployment. So many people oh, yeah. are left without it. A lot of people had uh, different things happen to them, and they weren't eligible. Or people are, um, you know, if they, if they if they had like salary reductions or different uh, things happen there. Sometimes you couldn't collect unemployment or. People are just waiting to be paid that haven't been paid. Um, it's or waiting a, to file. Like, yeah, waiting to be able to file even. Yeah, because they're totally backlogged. Which wouldn't it make sense to hire these unemployed people and have them work in the unemployment office? Right. Stop it. That's okay. Let's, no, let's <laughs> Stop not make making sense. sense. Why, no. why, why talk logical <laughs> here? Uh, but DJT is against ex- extending this $600 a week past July, saying that it gives Americans a, di- a disincentive to work. You'd make yeah, more money if you don't go to work, he says. I'm so over rich people. I know. He's like, oh, if you have an extra $600 a week, you're not going to want to go bust tables. Well, I'm just so over rich people. Let, let, I could barf. Let's see right. him uh, 
Let's see how he would be with six hundred dollars a week as his. Oh, allowance. I would love to see that. But this is yeah. like the, this if, is if the, Putin gave him that allowance. What do you think he would do? <laughs> There's one thing about re- about Republicans is that they all have the same talking point. They're really good at that. And uh, the turtle Moscow Mitch uh, is saying the same thing uh, that if we continue with the uh, with the people getting this extra six hundred dollars a week, then they're not going to want to go back to work. By the way, Mitch McConnell's worth on the upper end of the estimate fifty five million dollars. As a public servant, like that was <laughs> yeah. his career. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's like really be honest about this. He hasn't been like the best public servant. He's been pretty fucking shady. So I'm going to say you made a lot of money on the backside of that. I think we are implying that. Yeah. yeah. Here's what he said. Here's a quote from the turtle. Unemployment is extremely important, (laughs) and we need to make sure for those who are not able to recover their jobs, unemployment is adequate. This is a different issue from whether we ought to pay people a bonus not to go back to work. That was a mistake. I'm a turtle. I'm a turtle. (laughs) Turtle, turtle. (laughs) Turtle, turtle. (laughs) Ah, yeah. So that's where the Republicans stand on the issue. They don't think that we should continue to inject that money into the economy because if we all have an extra $600 a week to spend, we will never want to work again. Meanwhile, uh, by the way, there was a provision in the CARES Act that actually changed a tax law for millionaires, making it so they can claim about uh, uh, $1.7 million on their taxes uh, they get back. Uh, after this CARES Act was so, so in other words, uh, Mitch McConnell gets two million dollars. Some are getting an extra six hundred dollars uh, a, a week, and he says that's too much after he gets two million dollars. Hmm. What about the folks that were working too? How about them, Eddie? How about uh, you? Nothing. You worked through this whole thing. Like, how do you feel? Um, I'm very lucky and fortunate that I have a job, but on pins and needles, that someday I won't. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's how we all feel. I'm not, I'm not getting an extra $2 million. I'm not getting an extra anything. And uh, I don't know. It, it we just But we need to keep supporting people who are unemployed right now because this is nobody's fault. Uh, and that's what the Democrats are saying. Chuck Schumer, he says he wants to extend the unemployment benefit of $600. And uh, Bernie Sanders even laid out a plan. He says... That he wants to extend the six hundred dollar per week, ex- expand Medicare to cover those uninsured, and send a two thousand dollar monthly check to every working class American in the United States, and cancel all rent and mortgage payments until the pandemic ends. So, in other words, yeah. it's never going to happen. And stop bailing out corporations. You know, if we quit giving money to fucking rich people, then poor people could survive. Oh, what? that's excellent. Excellent point. I don't understand. I but I thought we we're supposed to hate poor people. Maybe we, have you ever seen that meme of Paul Ryan? That's like him with a like a PowerPoint presentation up, and it just says, "Just stop being poor." <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I think that, that's an official. <laughs> 2012 of uh, Mitt Romney and said, why don't poor people just buy more money? 
<laughs> I think that's like an official GOP stance if you go to their website. Yeah, right? Um, like, fuck them. But we really are looking at a really devastating uh, situation if this $600 isn't extended, this benefit. There is an economist, and he says that it's critical. His name is uh, Matthew Luzetti. He actually works for Deutsche Bank. I don't trust him. So, yeah, but nope. the Deutsche Bank is saying that we want he, he, that uh, this guy who works for Deutsche Bank says that we should continue More like this. Deutsche yeah, Deutsche Bank. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if Deutsche Bank agrees, I don't know. But he says that if we don't, then uh, we're looking at. I mean, people are already starting to be evicted this month because of that uh, ban on evictions is now expired yeah, as of July first. So. Uh, we have, and that's going to just get worse. We're going to look, I mean, like what the hell is going on here? Are we about to like, really like go into like Mad Max or yeah. I mean, what? it feels like we're de- going down that road and that's Borderlining. not, yeah, that I'm not exaggerating. Like it does feel like, you know, a dystopia. I know Chris uh, saw this coming, but I didn't. I did. You saw like this. It's, uh, it's pretty terrifying where we're going right now. I think the most terrifying thing is that half, like, I feel like half of America just doesn't pay attention, so they just don't realize like what truly is going on and how close we are to that edge right now. You know, I think they they sense these these uh, this half of America that's not paying attention. I think they sense the despair. And they don't know how to process it, so they take out that anger on stupid things like not wearing masks. I think there's Maybe. like just a really fucked up thing going on right now. Something. I don't know. But, uh, hey, Christmas will it's, be here in a few months. It's, it's going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, before it gets better, I, I really, like, we all have to buckle up because this will get worse. I agree. I know. I know. How are you? I really hope not, but I think that it will because Congress doesn't look like they're... I mean, they haven't done anything with Moscow Mitch in charge for the people. They've appointed federal judges. That's about all they've done in four years. Well, thank God we can get rid of him and Trump in a few months. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Everybody vote. Vote. Because your lives depend on vote.org. Check your registration. Literally. Vote, vote, and vote. And if you live in Kentucky, you better do the right thing. Do not <laughs> vote for McCall. <laughs> How do we fix this, Chris? You know, appointing judges is all the, the GOP cares about because the judicial branch, uh, all the Republican Party cares about is tearing down and the most effective way to do that is through the judiciary through you know uh, appeals courts and uh, uh, all that kind of stuff where they are just able to tear down what's already been built up so why are you saying, I mean how do we are you saying that the party of law and order wants to tear down the judicial branch no that's all they care about is the judicial branch oh because they're able to tear down the rest of the government like tear down laws and and uh, my my you know, question was sorry. Uh, I was being sarcastic. Uh, when I said that, but and, and they're uh, not termed either. They're lifetime appointments. So, Chris, I have a question. If we have yeah. if we have control of the Senate, the House, and the White House, and uh, yeah, they have all these judges appointed, and like 
say they pass an abortion law that makes abortion legal no matter what in every state and they can open Planned Parenthoods wherever they want or whatever. And they try to strike that down and it goes to appeals courts. But like we have control of the White House and the Senate and the House and there's like an executive order written from the White House. Can a judge in a lower appeals court override that? Yeah, absolutely. And then it would get kicked up to the Supreme Court, and then the Supreme Court ultimately would have the uh, final say. The only um, check and balance the executive and the legislative would have over the courts is the uh, power to impeach and remove judges, which would be, you know, very controversial because, uh, you know, it would be, you know, that the power is intended to remove judges who have made specific, like, ethical breaches or, or like, the president, you know, like, breaking the law, not just as a means of getting rid of judges appointed by the opposition party. So it would be very controversial uh, purge, and that's assuming the Democratic Party would have the, uh, you know, the stomach to do that move in the first place. Right. Wait, back up, Chris. <clears throat> if Congress passes a law yeah. and the president signs that law, the the fe- the the judiciary has to, you know, they have to listen to that law, right? They 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 use that law to base their judgment. So they can't necessarily overturn a law, but if an executive order is where the president goes solo without Congress, that can be up for debate. But if it is signed, if it is passed by both House and Senate and signed into law by the president, the judicial branch can't overturn that law. Right? They absolutely can. So it's uh, a question. They can overturn it if they say it's a violation of the Constitution, which is to say that they have made a judgment that the newer law is in contradiction to the original law, the founding law, and is in effect void. They basically what they basically saw that Democrats were going to be taking over because we have way more voter power now, and so they're loading up the judicial branch because they just want because they're fascists overturn everything that we do from now on. (laughs) Guys, it's Hillary. How are you? Hi, Hillary. Hello, hello. You're on the air. What's going on? Hey, hey. So I was thinking about the abortion law that you asked about. It's kind of like marijuana laws. So federally, marijuana is still illegal. And if I get caught with weed um, by the feds, then technically I can still get in trouble. But I can buy weed and smoke weed and have weed in Denver. Um, uh, Same uh, kind of is the same with abortions. If if the country outlaws abortions and a state decides it's okay, then if the feds show up at Planned Parenthood, you can get in trouble. But uh, do I understand correctly? Like, I feel like that's that's kind of the way it works. Like, the state still gets to decide. I don't know. Also, I feel like we're going down a rabbit hole here with this conversation. We also we like need a legal <laughs> scholar on to talk about this. <laughs> Our guest coming up is Ava Putsova, and she's running for Congress in Arizona's first district. On its news to us, don't go anywhere. Vote or die. It's news to us. Election 2020 coverage continues.
It's news to us back live on Adobe Radio. Um, welcome back to the show. We're very excited to have our guest joining us on uh, this episode this week. Eva Putzova running for Congress in Arizona's first district. Uh, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hi, Eva. Hello. Yeah, I think everybody's doing okay. Is everybody doing good? I don't want to speak for everybody else. I'm doing okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, we're great. <laughs> I mean, how, how great can we really be during this time? I mean, it's kind of a, a strange time, isn't it? Not kind of, it is. Are you doing okay? No, the roaring 20s. I'm not sure. Revolutionary uh, 20s, I guess. I know. It's so, so much is happening right now. How are you holding up? Uh, well, this is the final stretch for our campaign in this primary cycle. And so I'm both excited and anxious uh, to deliver uh, for all the people in Arizona's first district who want to see a new progressive Congress and people who are not corrupted and not bought by corporate interests to represent their interests. I mean, why should a democracy work for the people? That's not the America that I know. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, crazy talk, right? Yes. Well, let's get to know you just a little bit before we jump into your policy. So uh, you were born and raised in Slovakia, correct? That's correct. Actually, it was the Czechoslovakia um, before, and then, you know, since 1993, um, it was Slovakia. I, and How old I were bet- you when you moved here? How old were you when you moved here? I Sorry, I, I think got like a cut off. So, yeah, so I actually was born and raised in, I went to college in, in uh, Slovakia, and so I've lived here all my adult professional life after college, and so I was 23 when I actually permanently um, moved to Arizona back in uh, 2000. Okay. I would imagine that Slovakia back when you were there is a lot like America now with the, the way that there is a, a the distribution of wealth is with the one percent and all that you know, and the working class not getting what they need. You're probably seeing a lot of parallels, right? Well, it's very interesting because prior uh, to 1989. Right during the totalitarian regime, uh, according to the ruling party, everybody was equal. But of course, some people were more equal, uh, just like oh. uh, they are in this country. And so, even though you know they, um, you know they uh, essentially abused the leftist ideology, it was um, exactly the same thing. A few people on the very top. Uh, benefiting greatly and disproportionately uh, to the people who actually worked. Uh, and so, you know, I, I do see these parallels that you can, you know, you can use uh, ideology and politics, uh, but at the end, it's just power. It's about, um, and, and that's what the totalitarian regime before 1989 uh, looked like from at least the regular p- people's perspective that you had these powerful elites who uh, were doing very well while the rest of the country was struggling. And here we have the powerful elites who are tied to the corporate interests who are doing very well while so many people actually live in poverty in one of the wealthiest countries in the country in, in, in the world. That's a daunting task to take that on. 
I mean, how do we even begin to do that? Because when people are in power, they don't want to let go. And I know there's a big grassroots movement going on with people like yourself and the Democratic Party who are saying no to uh, corporate money and and saying we're going to try to do it grassroots. I mean, is it? I, I mean, we're all, we're on your side. We want this to happen, but is it realistic? Well, uh, if uh, it was not realistic for people back in 1989 in uh, the former Eastern Bloc to uh, rise and to say enough, uh, then you know we wouldn't have. I wouldn't be here. And so I do believe that uh, you know there comes a point when uh, uh, people uh, unite in their interests. Uh, against those oppressors, and in the context of the American politics, the oppressors are the the, the wealthy corporate interests uh, that are running our country and they're running our parties. Uh, and and I do think that that more and more people understand that uh, it is exactly this institutionalized, legalized corruption that we have to get rid of. And the only way we're going to get rid of it is to replace the ruling elite with, with those representatives who actually care about the people and who cannot be bought. I like how you call it legalized corruption because that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. You know, just because um, corporations, you know, can uh, through their pegs give to politicians and essentially buy them. And while that's legal, that doesn't make it right and doesn't make it ethical. And uh, the candidates and obviously the incumbents uh, should not be taking that money. Um, and I think we have to call it what it is. Let's talk a little right. more about you. So um, I do want to ask about a little bit of your uh so you, you did uh, serve city council in Flagstaff. I want to ask you about that in a second. But we do like to get to know our, our candidates that we talk to on the show a little bit more personally. I mean, do you have any irrational mm-hmm. do you have any irrational fears like spiders or heights or anything like that? Uh, I'm, I'm not too crazy about exposure, meaning like, you know, you're on a, a trail hiking uh up like let's say in a Zion National Park on a, um, there's a trail called Angel's Landing and there's like a thousand foot drop <laughs> on a boat side so you know you have pretty narrow trail so I'm not completely crazy about it I can't like do it <laughs> but I don't like the idea that there is like this giant drop so <laughs> I can hike maybe uh, but I, th- I don't think it's irrational I think that's no. normal <laughs> No, that is normal. I, I think being afraid of heights is actually normal. I don't understand people who make fun of you for being afraid of heights because when you fall that from that high, you're going to die. I think it's okay yeah, to be so. afraid. Ava, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey, this is Hillary. Yeah, go Hi. ahead, Hillary. Okay, uh, hey, so I see that you you know you have a lot of history working for. Um, essentially the least of us, people of color, indigenous people, and um, that's really fantastic. Um, Now that we place, or now that we're in the face of Black Lives Matter, and we are, you know, realizing that that doesn't just mean um, 
that we have to do one thing. So we have one thing. We have to do many things to pull uh, families out of poverty, to um, create an, an equal wage, um, and to you know rally against a a. Um, someone who behaves as though he is a dictator, um, in my opinion, how, how do you see, uh, how do you want to use your platform, um, to, to push toward equal rights for, uh, black lives, equal rights for people of color? Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't know if you guys seen, but there's this, uh, image that's circulating on social media that, told that uh, illustrate what the difference is uh, between uh, justice and uh, equality and it kind of shows a little kid with uh, uh, on, on a little stool uh, standing to see over uh, the fence and um, you know, that to me is what we need to do. We, we need to actually to undo the wrongs of the past and to undo uh, the the unequal opportunity that people used to have and still uh, to this day are affected by uh, that inequality in the policy, in official policy. We have to prioritize uh, those populations uh, that have been marginalized in uh, where the money goes and you know i I'm, i always believe uh, believe that uh you can look at whether it's city or country's budget and you look how the funds are distributed and you see the priorities mm-hmm. and the values of that country or the city or mm-hmm. you know your school it doesn't matter and i think that's what we have to do is uh to really put the money where our um, verbalized values are. Um, and that means uh, to those communities that have been uh, denied uh, access to everything and that have been, um, you know, not just marginalized, but really oppressed that, you know, they, they have been incarcerating uh, and criminalizing for all kinds of um, reasons that we would not uh, criminalize and incarcerate uh, the white population. So it's, you know, I think it's at the end of the day, whether it's at the local or, you know, federal, state level, it is in the budget. And that's where I will be focusing on when elected. It seems Republicans... Thank you. Care, uh, I mean, their values are more in line with uh, what American Airlines stock looks like than they are with the people of this country. It's just so disgusting what's going on. So I commend you for not taking any corporate money. And uh, we've been talking to a lot of candidates who aren't doing that. And uh, just as a general question, how is the campaign going? Are you feeling confident that you can win the primary? Well, we are very optimistic um, because, not just because, you know, we like to say that we are optimistic because we do want people to believe in uh, uh, this campaign, but because of the data and the numbers. And so before uh, the pandemic, so before kind of the beginning of March when things uh, started to shut down, we knocked on $17,000. We dialed 160,000 phones as of, uh, I guess, yesterday. And we have, at this point, raised more money than 
AOC raised back in 2018 heading into her first primary. Um, and so I do think that there are some indicators um, connected to the to our campaign that uh, you know makes they make us feel good about where we are. And you know we have been having so many conversations with uh, voters. Of course, it's on the phone, and the response is overwhelmingly positive. And we have just few more weeks to go to kind of keep pushing and making sure that people know what the choice is. Really, it is about that, is to make sure that people know that they have um, a choice between a lifelong Republican who switched parties in 2016, got elected to Congress as a, a Democrat, and then voted with Trump 54% of the time, oh, wow. or they have a choice to vote for me as a person who has never been anything but Democrat in her life, somebody who has raised uh, a local minimum wage to $15.50 here in Flagstaff, somebody who was instrumental in passing uh, a local climate action plan and who will fight for uh, retooling our economy away from fossil fuels, and somebody who will fight for uh, universal health care for Medicare for all. And so that's the choice <laughs> and we want everybody to know that Are you so you're saying that your opponent was a republican and then switched parties so he's almost like an infiltrator because he's he's voting with Trump. <laughs> are you right. are you yeah. are you accusing him of that like officially or is that i mean i'm because i feel we're like not, he is I, yeah i'm not i we're, we're, we're not shy to point out the facts uh, my opponent has been a Republican state legislator uh, from 2001 to 2009. He uh, actually voted against marriage equality and to criminalize abortion as a state uh, Republican representative. And uh, um, since uh, he switched, his, switched the parties uh, to run in this district in the 2016 cycle, uh, and he, but he didn't switch his values. So his values are very much conservative. And he, just recently, about 10 days ago, he signed on uh, a letter with a bunch of Republicans uh, laying out a plan to cut Social Security and Medicare. Uh, the, you know, the kind of policies, not even talking about not supporting to expand Social Security, but actually uh, planning on uh, cutting it, and to me, that's just not. That's not a Democrat. That doesn't sound like a Democrat at all. Uh, shame on you, Tom O'Halloran. Shame on you. I don't even want to put his, I don't even want to put his name do, out. There. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Katie. Sorry, Eddie. No, go ahead. Uh, Eva, what can people do if they wanted to maybe make phone calls for you or send postcards for mm-hmm. you or yeah? So, so the best thing, yes. So the best thing is we have a super easy website to remember, and it's my first name, which is Eva E V A Eva for Congress dot com, and there is a uh, button that go, says volunteer. So sign up, and we have shift that you can uh, help us uh, uh, with phone banking. And um, the other way you can help us is to follow us on Twitter. And if you have spare cash, we still are raising money 
to uh, do radio ads on the Navajo Nation, which is a uh, you know is super needed, and so there's a little donate button. But EvaForCongress.com will take you everywhere where you need to go. Great to help us out. Everybody, go to EvaForCongress.com. Uh, one final question, or if anybody else has one too, I guess. But one final question for me is: uh, so you. You were actually you worked on uh, you were elected to the Flagstaff City Council back in November of 2014, and I was just wondering, did it feel like you were on an episode of Parks and Recreation? <laughs> yes, uh, yes, there were week after week uh, for uh, four long uh, years. Um, you know, we've been uh, meeting as a council, and these were the longest four years of my life before <laughs> I had the longest 18 months of my life on this campaign. But yes, there were, you know, not uh, every policy conversation is exciting, and there are a lot of, there's a lot of conversation about um, uh, zoning codes, uh, which is actually very interesting. Um, but uh, it, it can be a little dry. <laughs> well, yeah. At least you've got Chris Pratt and Amy Poehler to hang out and make it. <laughs> well, Amy Poehler, you know, talking about Amy Poehler, when we ran our local citizen initiative, raising Flaxa's minimum wage to $15.50, Amy Poehler did a little video for our campaign. Oh, cool. Uh, actually supporting us uh, in defending that initiative that would be successfully passed in 2016 because, as you probably can imagine, every time you do something good, there's uh, uh, some corporate interest that wants to undo it, which we were fighting in 2019. And so Amy Poehler uh, graciously did a, a nice little video um, Telling people, voters in Flagstaff, to uh, not repeal the minimum wage law that we passed yeah, two years ago. That's amazing before. that you were able to do that. Yeah, really cool. Good job. That's a great minimum wage. Yeah, and if, if it, it's it's a minimum, right? <laughs> you know, it's not still living wage. This is the the bar, the the very low bar, and right. we need to keep raising it. Yes, uh, because the businesses are not going to do it on their own and voluntarily. No, I mean it's better than the seven fifty or whatever most states are giving. So beyond poverty yeah. wages, there. Yeah. Uh, Ava for Congress dot com. Thank you again, and we're looking forward to seeing uh, your victory. And we will hope to keep in touch with you. Yeah, thank you so very much for having me, and uh, have a great evening. You too. Thank Thanks, you, Ava. You too. Thank you. Good luck with the campaign. All right. Look at that. Right on the 20 minute mark. Look at pros. We'll be right back. All right. We're back. It's news to us. And something that we like to do occasionally on the show is uh, simply read something that uh, DJC has actually said. If you if you look at the transcripts of of what he says, it becomes more and more bizarre when he's speaking like his cadence is almost hypnotizing. And you just think, oh, okay, he's kind of a weird guy. But when you see what he said in text and then read it back to yourself, uh, you are just, um, you don't know what to think. Uh, So who wants to be Trump? Uh, I guess Chris and Hillary don't have the script between Katie and Jason. Who wants to be this Trump on this? uh, Okay, do do you you have it all ready to go over there? We do. Okay. I do. It's news to us presents... 
a real transcript of something Bunker Boy said. This is Trump Verbatim Theater. <clears throat> you know what? I wanted to I wanted to hit a couple of those speakers so hard. I would have hit them. No. No. I was going to hit them. I was all set and then I got a call from a highly respected governor. I was going to hit one guy in what? particular. A very little guy. I was going to hit this guy so hard his head would spin. And he wouldn't know what the hell happened. I was going to hit a number of those speakers so hard their heads would spin. They'd never recover. And that's what I did a lot. That's why I still don't have certain people endorsing me. They still haven't recovered. Spoken like a true gentleman. <clears throat> what a scholar. I, don't, I have no idea what the hell he was talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody yeah, What the fuck was that <laughs> That was really weird It's always right, about right. violence and hitting people His point is always Killing people or hitting hit people anyone. Has he ever hit anyone <laughs> No Not with those He tiny doesn't hands. have the balls to hit anybody I think if he has hit anyone it was a sucker punch And he fucking ran And it was his <laughs> son You know who he's probably hit Is like, his, his wife his wife yeah. is the only person he's hit. Sorry, I, I have to say that. It's not even a joke. He's a fucking True idiot. That. Nope. Uh, now you don't think she hits him? I would hope so. Uh, his ex. I hope so. But we're not that lucky. Maybe that's why he wears all the I think the only got the power in the bedroom. There's no bedroom between those two. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Melania uh -huh. Trump's around DJT all that much. They have their own rooms. No, I yeah. think she stands over him in some leather and talks about how disgusted she is until he cries, and then she goes to bed. I think that's all that happens, but it's pretty sexual. And based on past reports, he probably gets urinated on by someone. Maybe, yeah. the, maybe, maybe the dog, though, because she's probably tired of it. They don't have a dog, do they? No. Oh, yeah, they don't, because they're not likable they're or like relatable in any way. The first, first family to not have a fucking dog. Uh... Dogs don't even like that motherfucker. He probably. What does he have? What would what would DJT has have as a pet? That's an interesting a question. A ferret. I feel like a ferret would fit him. Of a lizard. Oh, he'd have a parrot and teach it to praise him. Mm. <laughs> I don't do evil bidding. I don't know that he can I had relate a to any. Named Stella. Oh, you did have a parrot. Ferret. A ferret. Oh, a ferret. I was gonna say parrot. Yeah. Because I, I don't know that DJT can actually relate to any other living being, so I don't think that he would ever have a pet. Like he'd probably like have an Maybe imaginary weasel. You would have to thing. care for it, and he can't care for anything. I think yeah, he'd probably want a mountain lion or something that it would die in two days. No, yeah. No, if he had a weasel, the weasel would weasel its way through getting food. Like <sighs> you wouldn't have to take care of it, and it kind of is symbolic of him. God, he's such a terrible person. Uh. Anyways, before we wrap up here, uh, I guess Kanye West is running for president, uh, uh, which is like the last thing we need is someone like him with actual influence. Because I mean, he does. Let's face it, like getting in and uh, I don't understand that. Team Trump. I know he wears that MAGA hat all the time. I feel like this is like a thing between him and Trump. 
to just take votes away from whoever the Democratic candidate is because no, I feel like Kanye was the idiot vote. Maybe he'll take votes from Trump. I don't think mm. he will. I think by the black Republicans, but only the dumb ones. And there's so few dumb black Republicans. That just isn't the thing that goes on. I don't think. Here's one yeah. thing. I don't know. I don't. One thing about Kanye, though, is remember um, he was standing next to Mike Myers during that Hurricane Katrina relief broadcast, and he had this to say yeah. about George W. Bush. He said, uh, the, "The black people, the uh, the less well off, as slow as possible. I mean, this is Red Cross is doing everything they can. We we already realize a lot of the people that could help are at war right now, fighting another way, and they they they've given them permission to go down and shoot us." And subtle, but in even many ways more profoundly devastating, is the lasting damage to the survivors' will to rebuild and remain in the area. The destruction of the spirit of the people of southern Louisiana and Mississippi may end up being the most tragic loss of all. George Bush doesn't care about black people. And now Kanye West doesn't. True that. Yeah. <sighs> I do think that... I hope I have. I think he might be like more religious side of the left that's a little bit more socially conservative like i or not socially but fiscally conservative so he might be bad for joe more than anything else exactly but let's not i feel like that's why this is like a thing between the two of them to just I, like because there's no chance in hell he'd ever win. So he's trying to split the, split the black a, vote if you want to be a conspiracy theorist. Is that what you're trying to say? Exactly. He would be taking votes from Joe Biden. So I also I think know. it's if you vote for Kanye, don't you get a Tesla? Isn't that how it works? So that's kind of a draw. Well, this is the last time we'll mention Kanye West on the show because I, you know, I don't think I don't think his campaign deserves any attention. He's not even on any yeah. ballots. He's not going to make it on the ballot anyway. I think it's too late. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, He's like relying on he write-ins. In certain states, you have to, don't you have to put in paperwork in certain states? Yeah. Like, a certain amount of time ahead? For every like, state, you, yeah. You guys are every giving single state, state you got to do that. You're giving him too much credit. You have a new album coming out. And we're not it's just adding security <laughs> suddenly either. We have to have already voted for that. Jason, but maybe if Trump dies of coronavirus. We've learned in 2020 that there is no God. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be we back next week. There there is that <laughs> That's the ironic part. <laughs> Appreciate it very much, Tim Apple.